Do you feel stuck living the life that someone else planned for you? Are you ready to dive deep and discover the life you dream of living? I've helped many others create the life of their dreams and step into it, and I can help you too. Schedule a discovery session with me through my website, beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com to begin your dream life. Have you ever doubted your own self-confidence? Hmm. Being over 50, I'm not sure I can count all the times I have. Going through a divorce, questioning if I chose the right career after already devoting 10 years of my life to it, and then dating as a single mom. I'm not as young, maybe I don't look as pretty. The questions just keep coming. Whether it's self-doubt on our life choices or our surroundings or our appearance, it creeps in. Join us here as we share tips and stories of how to grow your own confidence inside and out with experts who have also experienced the highs and lows of self-confidence. I'm your host, Kelly Buckley, and this is the Beautifully Confident Podcast. Welcome to the Beautifully Confident Podcast, and I have a fabulous guest for you today. Let me share a little bit about her. Her name's Kim Curtis. And she's the best-selling author of Money Secrets, Keys to Smart Investing and Retirement Secrets. She is a nationally recognized wealth management advisor and president and CEO of Wealth Legacy Institute. Her groundbreaking work in developing a highly personal client-centric planning model was recognized in the Journal of Practical Estate Planning winning the Editor's Choice Award. She has been profiled in several publications, including the Wall Street Journal, impressive. Kim has attained <laughs> numerous professional designations as, and has been recognized by the financial planning industry as having achieved the highest level of competence and expertise. Wow, that's a lot of stuff, Kim. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks. thanks, Kelly, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. When I heard about you, I felt like this is such an important thing because it is something that helps everyone, particularly women, grow their inner confidence. Because if we're not confident in our finances, it shatters everything. So can you share a little bit about you and kind of your action steps on your confidence journey and, <laughs> and what you offer a little bit? Oh, I would love to. I'd be happy to. You know, one of the things that I always say is how you do money is how you do life. And you're absolutely right, Kelly, because money is this invisible thread that goes through all the different parts of our lives from relationships to self-love to self-worth, community, you name it. So it's kind of like if you had this battery and a flashlight and these batteries inside of the flashlight, the very first battery would be your money energy. And then mm. it's relationships and then it's, you know, health and community. So that very first energy battery is money before you have that illumination of this ideal life and perfect calendar. So I wow. love, thank you for that. I love that in the introduction. So my background is I moved out here from Buffalo, New York. I'm in Denver, Colorado, and I moved out here to go to law school and ended up in dispute resolution, negotiation, mediation, arbitration. And uh, by the time I was 30, I actually moved up in the organization and became more of a spokesperson 
of talking to Bankers Association, AIA, American Architect Agreements, uh, to put clauses in contracts. And I was no longer doing settlement conferences or mediations. So I had a friend that was in human resources, put me through a battery of tests or quizzes. And I ended up in one of those things that came up was financial planning. So at 30, I actually did a career shift into wealth management. And I have been in that space for the past three decades. Oh my gosh. That's, that's such an awesome story. Wow. Cause you, cause you made a shift a quiz. actually, which is, which is something that a lot of our, our listeners want to hear about is, you know, how did that shift occur? And is there, you know, what were some steps that you realized, like I need to do this. And can you tell me anything about that quiz that sort of led you to that? that well, it actually started before that in terms of the confidence piece, because, um, when I was a teenager, my parents got divorced and my mom had full custody of three teenage daughters and she applied for and received government and she had no skills, no employable skills. So she applied for and received government assisted lunches for us. And I had this little red ticket that I would have to hand to that cashier every day. And the shame, the humiliation, the not enough, the unworthiness that my mom can't afford lunch, that my dad was gone. It was, I would go to the furthest line away from all my friends. And as I grabbed my plate to put on my tray, I'd pull this little red ticket out of my pocket and slide it under my plate. And as I went down the line, I would kind of look back quickly before I would quickly hand that to the cashier lady. And so that shame around money actually, but there is one more thing, Kelly, that's very important about this story is that my mom gave us one thing in terms of her values. And she told her daughters to make sure you get your education because no one can take it away from you. Oh, good advice. It was. So I went to undergrad and then went to law school, which I already shared. Unfortunately, right after graduating from law school, within six months, I defaulted on my school loans. I had no business. <laughs> <laughs> understanding the concept of money, uh, the impact on my credit report, and anything about what that meant in the relationship of how I show up in the world around money. And so that that's kind of the fact that I'm in wealth management today and the CEO of a multi-million dollar wealth management firm is shocking because of that story. But something happened to me. I had an anonymous donor pay $1,000 on my school loan debt. And the fact that I was in denial, remember in the beginning of the show, I said, how you do money is how you do life. Well, my head was in the sand on money and it was in the sand on other areas of my life. But I happened to open up my statement, my debt, my bill that day, which was a shock because who does that when you're in denial? And I saw that, that it went down, not up. Huh. And it was this unbelievable feeling that happened because it was anonymous. I couldn't go to that person and say, why me? Or what do you want? I truly had to have that conversation with myself. And so it was, okay, what do they believe about in me? What is it that, what do they see in me? What, what is it that, who am I? What do I believe in me? And as a result, what am I going to do differently about that? So what happened at that, it was almost like a, a spark. And the spark was self, it was love. That gift was love, an act of love. And so that act of love made me question who I was, which made me have self-respect. And that spark of self-respect was at that point in time, I knew that I was responsible for the outcomes in my life. I knew that events happen all around us, but I have a choice as to how I respond to those events. 
and therefore 100% responsible for what is going to happen in the future of my life. And it was at that point in time, that spark that actually changed something in me. And I think it was tied to love and self-respect of myself to be able to make different choices moving forward. And I would say that to answer your, your first question of kind of what got me to these places, it really was that signature event of self-love that determined the future course of my life. Oh my gosh, there was so much packed in there. <laughs> unpack it, unpack it. <laughs> so can you share with our listeners, because um, you had talked about relationship and, and relationship with money and self-love, mm-hmm. sort of all kind of connected. Can you share a little bit of how you work with that? I guess kind of your beliefs behind it, because that's what you're sharing with the world. Yes. And and it's funny because money is energy. It The meaning it has is only the meaning we give it. Are you tired of draining your ad spend budget and still not landing in front of your ideal clients? Did you know the amount of podcasts have more than tripled in the past three years? And podcast advertising is helping more people get in front of their ideal customers. Visit my website, beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com to schedule a quick chat with me to see if your business qualifies to advertise on our show. That's interesting. Because we created money. You know, 5,000 years ago, it was not dollar bills and coins. It was sheep and pebbles and shells and beads. And so when you think, and quite frankly, it was actually created in a, under a male construct when you think of exchange. And we need it for the global exchange of our world. And so if you think about how that was constructed, there's a reason that many women find the conversation around money difficult. And I understand why. Uh, but if if we understood that there are two laws of money, it would be a lot easier because the first law is human-made laws, which is what we just started to talk about. And the human-made laws are what I do every day in wealth management. It's portfolio construction, tax mitigation, estate planning, retirement planning, cash flow, budget protection. I mean, I I'm get all excited thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you see, and I get excited about that, but most people go, oh. You know, I just deflated the balloon. But the other side of money is the natural money laws. And the natural money laws are inherent in all of us. Natural money laws are giving and receiving, Hmm. cause and effect, supply and demand, intention and desire, uh, clear agreements, mercy and justice. Those are natural money laws that go with the ebb and flow of life, just like nature. And so... If we understand and we activate those natural money laws and know that money is attached to that, because remember, it's what we create. Money, the understanding of the idea of money is the value we give it. So if we understand that it's the value we give it and we inherently have the skill set to be successful with money through the natural money laws and then ultimately bring in the human-made laws to be in balance then you have a life that is filled with prosperity and abundance. But it does start with one thing to take it a little deeper. Because when I think of that story of that spark, 
The spark actually was triggered by, um, if you think of neuroscience, mm -hmm. and our bodies are wired with all these little receptors on our tip, on our skin to tell us what our body needs. Well, if in fact that our bodies are that wired to tell us what we need, it's the same receptors that we use for money. Think mm. about that for a minute. We are yeah. wired for money based on neuroscience and, and neurobiology. So why do we think of what are those receptors around money? Think, which is all of a sudden we have to unpack some of those stories that we had growing up that come in the way and get in the way of our thoughts around money. So when you think of, well, I think of my son more than anything, but when, when you see these really high-end cars, like a Lamborghini or something that's exciting for a teenage boy or, <laughs> or even that's some adult. For me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, my son takes a picture of him, but you get excited when you see this beautiful machine of, of, of a vehicle um, or a home or whatever it is. We light up, we feel it. Those are the receptors triggering what, you know, the, the energy around money. So, or the opposite of that is if you see someone uh, on the street asking for money, do you cross the street? Do, what is the story you're mm -hmm. telling yourself? Like when you see the vehicle, it's like, who would spend that much money on a vehicle that's transportation, you know, that's very practical. Or, wow, that's a $350,000 car and that is beautiful. Or the home or the person on the street is, I wonder what their story is. I wonder what's going on in their life. Or get a job. Right. Think about those receptors that you have. I mean, when you, and I'll take it a step further in terms of money receptors. Money is actually looking for you. Not the opposite. I'm going to let it find me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Money is looking for you. Not the opposite. We always say, I need more money. I need money. I need money. Well, if you keep saying you need money, you will always need money. If you understood that money is looking for you, then it triggers a different, it flips you a little bit. It's like, oh, well, how does it find me? It finds you by activating those receptors. And how do you activate those receptors to be magnetic enough for you to, for money to find you is through, again, natural money laws, through your ideas, through your imagination, through your creativity, through your values to create something that's of use to the world. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I love it. So Ooh. flip that switch, become valuable and a receptor to money. Be magnetic enough for it to find you by your creativity and your ideas and your imagination to turn something of use and value to the world. And when you look at it that way versus I need, I need, I need, or this piece of paper or plastic or however you look at it, it's a very different energy place. And when you're in that source, money finds you. And I would say I'm a, I'm a really good example of that based on the story I shared in the beginning of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Kim, so much. Um, so <laughs> if someone's listening and they're feeling like this is really, this is really resonating with me. Um, can you share how our listeners can find you? And don't worry, listeners, if you're driving, it's all going to be in the show notes. How can they find you, Kim? Yes. Uh, they can find me at wealthlegacyinstitute.com. 
And uh, actually, if if the listeners want to go to financialliteracypress.com, financialliteracypress.com, there are some freebies there, Kelly, that they oh. could take with them. Uh, that uh, like the 10 laws of money every investor should know uh, and some other uh, nice freebies that may be helpful for the listeners. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, they would love that, of course. Okay, so okay, so if somebody is listening and they are feeling like somebody, not me, <laughs> okay me <laughs> um and they are feeling like i i need to take some steps to change my my relationship with money and and help grow my confidence around it mm-hmm. so that i'm showing up more confidently in life what are some steps that they can start to take that you that you mm-hmm. help them with kim you know i again i think the podcast is the nature of my work as a, as a CFO wealth management firm, we actually do not help clients in this space. This is why I do podcasts to share this, um, but it's so important. And I think that what we shared Kelly earlier is the first step. When I said money is looking for you, Kelly, think of how many listeners and as a listener, ask yourself, what did you think when I shared that? Did you go, what is she talking about? Like that's full of crap. Or did you feel like, huh, this is really interesting. There may be something here for me. Whatever your thought was, is the beginning of where you are around money. If you were thinking she is crazy, then unpack that story. Start start to, okay, when you were growing up, what were the money messages that were told to you or that you observed? Most of the messages were observation, not actual conversation. And unfortunately, many of the messages were not even present and we didn't even see that. One of the things we do in our firm is we call it humanographics and it's humanity on a graph. So kind of like a family tree. So you plot family structure, like a square for a guy, a circle for a woman, your parents, and then you work up grandparents, great grandparents, as far back up as you can go back in terms of generations and then plot below you with your children. And then once you get the structure down, you then ask questions around, okay, tell me about your parents. What was their birth order? Um, who, and then generationally, what were their occupations? Who was the first edu- college educated? Uh, did they go to church? Uh, were they entrepreneurs? Uh, were they farmers? When did they immigrate to the States? Or uh, all of those things, you start to see values in the family and you start to see patterns. And so how you show up around money could be your great grandfather was a tightwad and that generationally has come through and it's a part of you. And the question to ask yourself is that, is that the story you want to be when it's not even your story? It's just generationally come down through the, the, the generations and you have to decide who you want to be. So, uh, and, and that the humanographics actually comes from genograms in the healthcare profession, where it's easier for uh, doctors to look at a chart of photographs, a pictorial description than to read print on a page. So I created that in the estate planning wealth management section so that estate planning practitioners can look at the picture and identify the fam- the family structure because wow. we could, we could, you know, move money to the next generation or the generation beyond it and eliminate taxation. But can the, ha- the family handle that structure or hmm. do we do harm? And so by going through humanographics, 
they're often, and you could also find addiction issues that run through the family uh, and healthcare, health issues that run through the family. So it's called a genogram in the healthcare profession, but humanographics is how we brought it into money. And so that's the first place to start is, is to do your family structure and then ask questions around that to start to unpack the family stories hmm. of, of, you know, when you see a mansion, uh, I had a girlfriend that lived in Jersey and her parents said, oh yeah, that's where the, the mobsters live. <laughs> and she was like, oh my gosh, like she had, okay. And, but she didn't understand that until she was older that her family would say those stories around that. So that meant wealthy, big houses were mafia. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. So, so those are the types of things that you need to unpack for yourselves, which is what I did when I had that snap or spark. And when you unpack those for yourself, you then understand and rewrite your own story. And it really starts with self-respect and self-love. Wow. Oh my gosh. You're, I grew up in New Jersey too. And there's <laughs> some, some phrases come to mind that yes. Like what? Are, you, like what? Share some of those. Oh, they think who they are, you know, like that indicating, yeah, maybe I wouldn't want that much money. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some yes. things that are around, oh yeah, well, how did they get that? And, mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, how much effort does it take to keep it? You know, so some things like that, that are kind of like, I don't, subconsciously. Yes. Yeah. And that's why it's important to unpack that because remember money comes from natural law. What you're describing is what we put in from the human made laws of what we think that is. Hmm. But when you come from it, from the natural money laws, which is the first place you start around money, because remember money is nothing. It's only the it's only energy and the value we give it. So if you give it love and devotion and gratitude and that you need it to make good in the world and that it's not dirty, it's absolutely beautiful because it, it changes lives in a beautiful, abundant, prosperous way. Yeah. All of a sudden, you want it. You want to be that receptor because your listeners and many want to make a difference in the world. That's why we're here on the planet. Yeah. And the only way you could do something with it and be successful and make a difference is if you understand the laws of money. So much around that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just a curious question. Um, sure. So do you work with an equal amount of men and women, more women? Is there a difference? And do, uh, do you see a difference in... Um, what they, what each, you know, um, person brings to the table. Um, yes. Is there any kind of theme that you see? There is. There absolutely is. We work with mostly couples, um, and also uh, women that have, uh, uh, whether it's a divorce or a widow. Um, but couples, and it's so interesting that men. Again, these are sweeping generalizations, but there seems to be a, sure. a thread of truth. Men seem to be more interested in the human-made laws of money, so the investments, um, and and I think culturally they're, they they feel like they need to be like that's their role, okay. um, and yet they may not like that role, but it's been thrust upon them by their their spouse. Like you handle the money, I'll handle the checkbook, I'll handle the cash flow in the house, 
seems to be. It's like, you do the investments, I'll do the day-to-day. Um, and, and so what happens when people come to us or couples come to us as they are nearing retirement is the, the husband feels like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. All of a sudden now it really matters. And my spouse, my wife has not been engaged in this conversation. And so let's bring them both in, have conversations so that she becomes engaged and knows what's going on so that it's a joint plan moving forward instead of something he's trying to do along the way. So what happens is when you talk about financial planning and family and the health of the family and your children and the financial literacy of your children and the legacy that you want to leave as a result of you being responsible around money, all of a sudden, goal setting, the spouse, the wife leans in because that's important to her. She cares about her family. She cares about the longer picture of maybe grandchildren not born yet. Yeah. The, the investments are like, you know, whatever. But if you put the two together, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, again, human made laws and natural money laws, the family, the goal setting may sound like human made laws, but it's actually really bringing in the natural money laws, which generally the wife is interested in because she understands it. She understands giving and receiving. She understands ebb and flow, just like nature. Sometimes money is there and sometimes it's not there. She handles a checkbook. She gets it. Yeah. So when you do that, all of a sudden it becomes, uh, and that's kind of what we do is it's for the first time they're on the same page. They're at joint goals, joint vision, same track to run on. And all of a sudden it's beautiful because if you're thinking of the next 30 years of your life, you want to be on the same page. Yes, absolutely. You know, another way, if, if I were to describe it pictorially, um, if you had a pyramid, Maslow's, it, kind of like if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and then the bottom of the pyramid is food, clothing, shelter, and the top is self-actualization. But if you were to use wealth management, and that bottom is managing money, that's why people come to us. And then that next on that pyramid going up four steps is goal setting. You need the both tied together because otherwise in managing money investments, if you don't have a financial plan, it's like archery without a target, without a bullseye. It means nothing. You have no idea how to measure it. When we think of what's going on uh, with, uh, with today with inflation and interest rates and the capital markets being crazy, to go back to your financial plan to say, how has that impacted me specifically today as a result of where my portfolio is? All of a sudden you realize, it's not that big of a deal. It feels like a big deal when you see your statement and hypothetically you're down minus 20%. That feels terrible. But when you tie it to a financial plan, all of a sudden you go, I'm, I'm still on track. I am still 100% on track and I'm not gonna worry about these day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year because I'm on this 30-year track. Yeah. So, okay, managing money, planning, that next is lifestyle. If you do the two together, investments and planning, all of a sudden you have peace of mind. Whew, I could breathe. I know that I'm still on track. That's lifestyle. You're living the dream. You're living what you want to do. And you have peace of mind. That pinnacle of that pyramid is impact. Money is frenetic. It's all swirling around us. If we could put it down at the bottom as our foundation, then all of a sudden we have, we could pause and breathe to actually think about why are we here on this planet? What impact do we want to make? What is the legacy that we want to leave? 
And the legacy is not necessarily money. More often than not, it's not money at all. Legacy is family stories. It's, yeah, yeah all those yeah, things that absolutely. are special. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's what we do. And to get to that top of that pyramid of impact is, I would like to think most of us are trying to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I, I believe you're right. I think it's also probably why a lot of people don't go for their goals because um, they're they sometimes center them right around money. And that's not, you know, money buys you the the choices mm -hmm. and the confidence, yes. not not usually the actual thing. Oh, that's great, Kim. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so I have one more question around um just kind of around the the things that I, I know about you for what you from what you shared. Mm -hmm. Um so because you shared a, kind of your your crack in your in your confidence and and what mm -hmm. you did about it. And that was great. And I think those are those are good steps for people to realize they may need help with somebody helping them to move to the next next step of realization. Um, so do you have for our listeners um, maybe a step or two of how to start to adopt the mind, the right mindset around money to help grow their confidence? Mm -hmm. the, fir the first step is, is kind of unpack your story. So it gets back to what we shared about earlier, because remember money is all, it starts with mindset. And I hate to say that because it seems so trite, but but it is mindset. It is. Yeah. So what are the stories? You know, do the humanographics, do the family plotting, go back and then challenge the stories that have been told to you growing up. And is that the story you want? So that's really the very first step is. And then what is your money receptor telling you? Is it magnetic and attracting or is it pushing it away based on those stories? And then the, the third is believing in yourself. You know, you are we all are 100 percent responsible for the outcomes in our life. Events happen that we have no control over, and some of them are terrible. Yeah. Uh, but we have a choice in how we respond to those events. And that's really, really key because that determines the outcome that happens in your life. So I would say be aware of the choices that you make and quit having excuses or complaining or blaming because it is what it is. Own, own, own it, which is what happened to me at that time as I finally decided okay, all the shame I had, all of the unworthiness, who am I? That spark for me was, I'm responsible here and I'm going to step up. So believe in yourself. And then um, the fourth is know that you are loved. Know that you are loved. And, and sometimes it's hard for people to understand that because I think it really starts with forgiveness. Yeah, sure. Um. And so, and, and to actually go through that process of forgiveness, it's okay. You did the best you could with what you had and everything that happens in your life leads you to exactly where you are right now to do your next most important thing. All of those things that happened had to happen for you to be where you are to do good for the world and for you and your family and your loved ones. So the forgiveness is really yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's always an inside game, not an outside game. And I think that's the biggest thing that I had uh, to realize is that victimhood, that complaining doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. It just keeps you sure. stuck. Yeah. Thank and then you. lastly, I would say uh, two more things I would say is then gratitude. 
based on everything I said, you need to have, okay, forgiveness and then gratitude that I'm so blessed that this, that that happened to me when I was 14, that I had to go through that experience to be where I am today. I have enormous gratitude for that. And every day I have gratitude. I absolutely do. Um, and then lastly, take action. Because when you're a money receptor, and you, you and you're and you're feeling money, you're attracting money. You need to take action on whatever comes to your mind that is the next right action, whatever that Absolutely. is. Yes. <laughs> Whether it's creating a website or starting start take small little steps. And what happens is you're going to have lots of failure. Again, ideas are abundant. Your imagination, your creativity, ideas are abundant, and many of them are going to be crap. But you have lots of ideas, and they're abundant. So keep going, course correct, keep going, course correct, keep going, course correct with your ideas. And ultimately, the attraction, the receptor of money is money will find you. And that's really the most important thing. So was that helpful, those five or I think six steps that I gave? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yes, I think it's a pleasure freebie is I think an, an awesome thing for people to get started and, mm -hmm. and connect with you. Um, I'm in my fifties. So yes, uh, my friends around me are in that place of like, Hmm, or my husband and I are on the same page. Eh, maybe not. So it's a good start to realize, do I want to enjoy the next 20, 30 years of my life, you know, which we're living longer. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's going to be a while, you know, if, if you're not in agreement and on the same page. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, any last minute words, Kim? I do based on what you just said. My second book, Retirement Secrets, Keys to Retiring, Happy, Healthy, and Free. In the back are couples questions to ask each other to make sure you're on the same page as you get closer to retirement. It's a wonderful exercise. And more often than not, couples are not on the same page when it comes to when to step off and what the activities are going to be. So it's retirement secrets, keys to retiring, happy, healthy, and free. We could have that in the show notes, but in the back are many exercises and assessments to help couples navigate that journey. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Kim. I'm, I'm going to grab that book. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here, Kim. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and share this with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you in your beauty and confidence journey, visit my website at beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com.